Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All It Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to deal with the Christmas season from a religious Christian perspective. So the Christmas season, if you are someone who comes from a religious background, especially a Judeo-Christian, or I guess like Christian worldview, not Jews, but a Christian um, background, obviously it's a huge time of year within your spiritual religious life. In the church, you're going to be singing Christmas carols, um, there's going to be Advent services or Christmas services, Christmas Eve services, and so much of the holiday is focused on the birth of Christ because obviously that's the reason for the season. And so many of these religious songs are like songs such as Silent Night or even songs like Away in the Manger and just all these songs that deal with you know, the sentimentality of Christmas of this little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger, and we have some type of nativity scene-like experience being described in these songs with wise men and angels, you know, and the whole Christmas story shebang. And oftentimes that can be really, really triggering, you know, as those of us who have lost babies know, a silent night with a silent baby is not a happy sight. It's not a good thing. That doesn't provoke warm, fuzzy feelings. That provokes heartache and terror and depression and just awfulness. And even something like Away in the, ba- Away in the Manger when, like, the baby awakes, but he's not crying. Like, you know, there's still that, like, sadness because we know that if a baby is making noise, then they're at least alive. Even if they're struggling, even if they're not doing well, there's still hope because there's still life there. It's that total silence, you know, that's so devastating because at that point, there's nothing else they can do, right? They're gone. Um, And so oftentimes, I think in religious circles, and particularly, it can be just extra hard to deal with the church life and all the religious things in regards to Christmas. And this will now be my fourth Christmas without my son. And something that I've really learned is to kind of reshape the way I view Christmas. And instead of viewing it as like, oh, it's Jesus' birthday, this little baby, the virgin birth, how sweet, and kind of, you know, the warm, fuzzy, sentimental part I really look at it as like, what is Christmas truly about? Why did Christ have to be born as a baby? And realizing, you know what? It's not the birth in of itself that's so, so important. Like, yes, God had to, you know, become man, have to be fully human as well as fully God. You know, there's the miracle of the incarnation and the virgin birth. Absolutely. And, you know, we shouldn't lose sight of that. But that's not ultimately what Christmas is about. You know, the whole reason for Christmas, the whole reason that God had to be born of a virgin, had to take on human flesh, was so that he could live in this fallen, sinful world, so that he could be tempted every way that you and I are, and so that he could withstand that temptation, he could live a perfect, sinless life, so that at the due time, he could die on the cross as a perfect man, the only perfect man in all of human history, to pay the debt of sin 
for the entire human race, so that if we believe in him, we can have eternal life. We will be resurrected with new glorified bodies, and we will be joining Christ, joining Christ in eternity, right, with our children that are gone too soon. And so I really have shifted the way I look at Christmas, and I view it much more as an anticipation for Easter and why, and why he was born, rather than just staying in the little baby he was born, you know, the sweet, cute state, I look for what was the reason for this? And it's for what he was going to accomplish in his life. It wasn't just, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings. And that's really helped me because as I focus on why did Christ have to come to earth and I focus on Calvary and his death and his resurrection, I become focused on my eternal promise that not only will I get to be saved from my sins and that I'll get to enjoy the presence of the Lord face to face, but that I'll get to spend it with my son. And for the first time in my life, I'll get to have my whole family together worshiping Christ and how a special, important, amazing moment that that will be. And that because of his birth, he was able to die and save me and redeem me. And thus I have eternity with my son. I have eternity with those that trusted him. And what a comfort and an assurance that is for me. So likewise, if you come from this Christian background, I think sometimes it's helpful to kind of look ahead to Easter and be like, okay, yes, he was born at Christmas for celebrating his birth. Absolutely. But why did his birth matter? Why was it significant? Yes, it was a miracle. Absolutely. But it goes so much further than that. It goes to what his mission was in his life here on earth, what he accomplished in those 33 years, 2000 years ago, right? And pointing us again to that death, to that resurrection. And for the reason we have hope, the reason that we can mourn with hope, that we can look ahead to eternity and we can hold on to that and have that assurance and that peace. And so because of that, you know, I've really changed my perspective of that, you know, when God saw his son born and into this world, he knew that Christ had a mission to fulfill. And the mission wasn't all these happy, sentimental, warm, fuzzy feelings. The mission was death and a horrible, awful, painful, brutal death so that he could be raised on the third day, that, you know, the resurrection could happen and our sins could be paid for. And he did that because God loved the whole world that he gave his son. And when he first gave his son, he gave him as a baby to marry to Joseph, to be raised, to grow up, and to accomplish this mission, the will of his father in heaven, of God the Father. And, you know, I always kind of now wonder, like, what did God think at that time? You know, did he just look down and could he just be all smiles and happiness? Or, you know, he obviously had that foreknowledge to know, hey, this is the whole reason for my son's birth is ultimately for his death. And just such a different perspective that that brings to the Christmas season. Definitely not the same warm, fuzzy baby feelings. But I think a lot more solid biblical um, theology and feelings about really, truly, you know, why is Christmas a big deal? Why are we celebrating this? What is it looking towards? What is it leading towards? And it's leading towards Easter. And I think keeping that perspective um, and that mindset can be really, really helpful to kind of get through all the holiday songs and feelings 
especially in this like religious community where it can be just so sentimental and so, you know, baby Jesus focused, which obviously it should be. But I think oftentimes in religious circles at Christmas time, it stops at the baby Jesus point and it doesn't look ahead, you know? And so keeping that perspective can be so helpful. And I think really give us that assurance of that promise that we do have forever with our children and that we do have hope and that we can look forward to the day where we will be reunited with our babies because it's not goodbye. It's we'll see you later. Um, in this life, it's goodbye. And I understand that. And that makes it so hard, right? That's why death is so hard is it's so final. You can't hop on a plane and visit somebody. You can't go on a road trip. You can't send them a text, FaceTime them, you know, call them up on the phone. None of that's possible. Um, so it's not just distance or time zones that separate you. It's, it's, you know, life and death. So it's just so infinite and it's so final, but knowing that, you know, it's not forever. Like we will be reunited with our children and what a glorious, amazing, wonderful day that'll be. And the whole reason we have that is because of Christ and for him to die on the cross for him to raise again, he first had to be born. He had to endure all the temptations. He had to live an earthly life. And to do that, he had to be born as a baby, as a woman. And so we have Christmas and that's why we celebrate it. And so I just encourage you to kind of look forward and to have that eternal futuristic perspective of why Christmas truly is the big deal that it is. And when you kind of can look at his whole life in that regards and what his mission was, I think it's also good to think that, you know, God didn't just absentmindedly create us. He also created us and he created us for a purpose and for a time as this, you know, he has placed us at this point of history in this time for a reason he, um, you know, knows our life. He knows our past. He knows our present. He knows our future. And he promises that he will not forsake us, but that he will be with us. And, you know, through this journey, I have come to settle that my favorite Bible verse, the Bible verse I find to be the most comforting and the most reassuring regardless is when God tells us, you know, that there will be trouble. There will be difficulty. There'll be tribulation in this world. But do not fear, for I, I as God, have overcome the world. And I just cling to that because he is telling us that, you know what, we do live in a sinful, broken world, and that's not God's fault. That's Adam's fault, right? It's man's fault. Man is the one that messed it up. Man's the one that's ate from the fruit that he was commanded not to eat from. It's because of man that we live in this broken, sinful world. And ultimately, the curse of sin is death. And death doesn't discriminate, you know, it affects every person, man or woman, every race, white or black, anything in between, and all age groups, you know, unfortunately, the young and the old. And for us, unfortunately, we have experience with this affecting the young, you know, the youngest of the young. And that's obviously devastating. Um, you know, the younger you die, the harder, the more tragic that is. Um, the less life you were able to live. And so it's heartbreaking. It's utterly tragic. It's so sad. But, you know, we mourn with hope. We mourn knowing that there's the resurrection. And, you know, as the Bible says, it doesn't it use terms like falling asleep, you know, because we will awake one day. And what a glorious day that will be when our bodies are awakened and we're resurrected and we have those glorified 
perfect bodies, um, just like Christ had at his resurrection, you know, and we have that to look forward to. And I just find it to be such a comfort that God does tell us, you know, that we do live in a world full of hurt, full of pain, full of trials and tribulations. And he tells us, you know, sin affects all of our life and we're all going to be affected by it. And, you know, at some point, death will affect each and every one of our lives. Now, I understand it's it doesn't affect everybody's life the same. And most of us are in our positions where we've lost our children. And I think losing your child and losing your spouse at a young age, like especially if you, you know, are more newly married, if you have young kids in the house, I think those are like the most tragic losses that there are. Um, this isn't to be like a debate on who has it worse or anything like that. I think we can just respect pain when we see pain and when we see suffering. But um, there are some types of losses that are just extraordinarily painful and hard and tragic. And, you know, we understand that and we see that. And of course, that's not fair. You know, even in this life where there is the curse of death, you know, we hope to live to an old age and to have a full life. And that's much easier to swallow than when the young are unexpectedly or expectedly taken. You know, it's just, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not okay. But what a blessing and a comfort to know that, you know, God sent his son to earth for one reason. And that reason was Calvary. It was to die on the cross so that he could save us. And so I often even just kind of wonder, what did God think when he saw his son and as a baby? You know, obviously there's that pride, there's that joy. It's it's his child. But at the same time, you know, he knew the future. He knew how the story was going to end. And we you know what heartbreak that is for a parent to watch their child die and to know that that was the whole reason, their whole mission, you know, to be sent to earth and to know, you know, what he was going to endure during his life. And so I just find it comforting to, for, you know, our father in heaven to tell us like that there's going to be hardships. There's going to be those trials. There's going to be those tribulations, but that we don't fear that we can rest assurance that he's overcome this world, that the story will end happy at the end of the day. At the end of time, the story will end happy because we will be united with our child for all of eternity. And we get forever with our kids. We get eternity with our kids. And eternity is a really long time. I mean, I don't think there's anyone in the world that can truly fathom eternity because life in and of itself is so short and it is such a vapor, even the longest of lives is such a vapor. And so I think just keeping that eternal perspective and that understanding can be just so helpful and productive and supportive for us as we go along this journey and as we're in the midst of this holiday season to just kind of keep that perspective um, and to kind of, you know, think, wow, you know, this is something to some degree God and I have in common is we both know what it's like to lose our child Obviously, the circumstances are totally different. We didn't give birth to God. You know, we don't have a perfect child that's sinless and that, <clears throat> you know, is the only perfect person to have ever lived. That's also God incarnate. I get that it's it's very different. But I just know for me that was a comfort and it allowed me to kind of better appreciate my salvation and what it cost because I felt like to some degree I could relate to God because I knew it was like to lose my son, you know, to lose my firstborn child. Um, just like he did his, I understand totally different deaths, totally different circumstances, but it just gave me a whole new appreciation for it. Um, because it gave me an idea of the pain that, you know, God would feel. And so in this Christmas season, I like to just kind of ponder upon that, 
think about that and I kind of just have this gratitude that although this broken world can be really hard and really awful that there is going to be redemption there's going to be renewal that you know Christ will renew our relationships and he will you know have this unity where we will be able to spend forever with our child because of what Christ did on the cross and you know he will restore that relationship we have with God and how amazing and special that will be um and so my encouragement for you you know as Christian women as Christian bereaved moms is to really you know dig into the scriptures this holiday season you know maybe read through the gospels and see yeah, you know, it starts with a Christmas story, but there's so, so much more there. That's not where it ends, you know, and what does it all point to? What does it all lead to? And that is the death and resurrection of Christ and then his ascension into heaven and, you know, what we're promised and how amazing and special that is. And to kind of, you know, change it into a point of, you know, Thanksgiving, that thank you, God, for giving us your son. You know, not only that my relationship with you can be restored, not only that I can have saving grace, but also that my child can and that I have hope that I will see them again in eternity and I will be, you know, united with my family for forever and nothing can separate that bond and nothing can sever it because, you know, we'll have heaven secured and that's where we'll live is in the new heavens and the new earth and we'll enjoy that marriage supper of the lamb, that feast and what a special, amazing day that will be. And when I just think upon it, you know, it just brings a smile to my face. It greatly humbles me. And it just gives me a peace and a comfort that nothing else can. And I just hope that this episode today can provide you with that. It can provide you that I know this holiday season is hard. I know there's so many triggers, regardless if it's in the secular world, if it's on your social media, if it's in the religious world, the church world, the sermons you're hearing on Sunday, all the traditions, all the songs, everything, the whole kind of spirit of the season. But and dig a little deeper to see what the spirit of the season truly is about. Like what this season, what the meaning of it is, what it points towards, why it truly is important. It's not just important because a baby was born. It's important because what that baby was going to do, you know, and keeping that perspective and kind of putting it towards Easter, putting it towards Calvary and redemption and eternity. And I just feel like that can just lift our spirits and guide us and sustain us as we go through such difficulties and such hard times. And yes, as the years go on, it may get easier to handle. I understand certain years there's going to be different triggers and different things going on that may make one year harder than some of the previous years. Um, but I think regardless, you know, there's always extra feelings and emotions during this time of year, during the holidays, um, where our loss can often be really greatly exposed to us and that nothing can really truly fill that um regardless of how much time has gone by there's always that empty chair around the table there's always you know that missing person and especially when the rest of the world moves on and seems to forget um it can be a lonely hard place to be but just knowing that god hasn't forgotten you and he loves you so and he remembers you and you know he loves you so much that he literally sent his own son to die to save you and to restore that relationship with him and to give you redemption and how amazing and special that is. And so throughout this holiday season, I just encourage you to look into your Bible, to read, you know, the scriptures, to focus on God, to pray to him. I know sometimes that can be so hard, but just crying out and focusing on, you know, what he has done and, you know, the real reason for the season. Um, and I think that that will really help sustain you. I'm not saying it's going to fix all your problems, 
but it's the closest thing we can have to our problems, you know, being fixed. Because the only true answer is the resurrection, it's eternity. And, you know, God is the only one that provides that for us. And so I just, you know, encourage you to cling to him and to rely on him and he will carry you. He will. He, he's a loving father. He will not forsake you. Um, he mourns with you. He cries with you. Um, his heart breaks for you as well. He doesn't, you know, want to see his children in pain and hurting. Um, and he loves you so, so, so much that, you know, he literally gave his son for you, for your child, and that you can have eternity together and eternity with him, you know, our creator, our maker, who will lead us, who will remain faithful, you know, regardless if we're on the mountaintop or if we're, you know, in the valley. And he walks us through that valley of the shadow of death, regardless of how long or short of a journey that may be. Um, you know, he is there. He he never leaves you. He never forsakes you, regardless of what earthly family or friends do or say or your experiences. You know, the one constant, the one steadfast thing in your life can be God. And he's there. And he's faithful. And to just cling to him and rely on him this holiday season. And, you know, my prayer and hope is that you just feel a peace that surpasses all understanding, fill your heart and your mind and your soul. And I'm not saying it's going to take away all the pain or the hurt or the difficulty, but that you just feel a comfort that can only come from him and an assurance that can only come from him. And that you can just cling to that hope of eternity and how amazing and blessed that's going to be. And just how special, you know, how special that is. Um, and of course, you know, do whatever it is you need to do this holiday season to protect your heart, your mind, and your soul. I'm a huge advocate, you know, of being an advocate for yourself, of standing up for yourself, of putting your feelings and your emotions and your heart first rather than, you know, appeasing family tradition or expectations or anything like that. Um, so absolutely, I get that. Um, but I just want to encourage you and to love on you. And I hope that, you know, this um, nourishes your soul and gives you a hope and an assurance that, you know, nothing else in this earthly life really can. And just know that, you know, you're on my heart, you're on my prayers. I so appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing your mornings with me. And, you know, we'll continue to drop episodes every Friday, 3 a.m. Eastern time, 12 a.m. Pacific time. And we just can't thank you enough for being here. If you can rate the podcast, give us a review that really helps the show. And just know that you're on my heart, you're on my mind, you're in my prayers on a daily basis. And I care for you women and you are my passion and what I feel so strongly about and in. And I just want to provide a safe, comforting community to, you know, support you and lift you up and um, to encourage you. And so I hope you find that here today and I'm wishing you a wonderful weekend and I will see you again next week. Thanks for being here.